in the club god damn what it is bro i mean why you got me sitting here waiting like what, what kind of this is this is the vibes what it's kind of vibes diva, man this diva life that you're living bro sorry um, i apologize i apologize i know it's like i'm just as famous as you i'm always being handed for interviews and stuff like that <laughs> i get it i get it um okay hi i'm a queer champion founder of the british blacklist and i'm here this new starting fresh out of the box talented i guess he's just graduated into the industry don't really know if you know his name i'll let him introduce i can't even remember his name like that what's your name and what do you do my name is Moses Gilligan. Um, yes, no, my name, my name is Mo Gilligan. Thank you for thank you for that. That was a lovely little introduction. Uh yeah, graduating into the industry. Uh-uh. Come on. Give I mean, me you just robe. started. Give me my robe and my hat, boy. Um, yes, sir. What do you do, sir? How do you do how do you describe what you do? You know what's mad is that I hate describing myself and what I do. Because like sometimes people are like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I do like TV and stuff. And like, that's literally what I say. Um, I had a woman come up to me actually the day after the Brits. She just jumped on my table and she's like, I know you from the TV. What do you do for a living? And I was like, I do TV and entertainment. She goes, I knew it was you. And I'm like, why are you sitting on the table, Barbara? Get on the table. <laughs> <laughs> why but it is that because I think people find that they get uncomfortable with defining what it is they do. And I don't know what that is, because I like to ask people. It's a very British thing, though. When you go it to is. the stage, people will list everything that they've ever done. So, yeah, it's a very British thing. We very, we're very humble in our, in, in our work. It's unnecessary. You do big things. You do big things, family. You do big oh, thank things. you so much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, but it's, it's facts. It's, it's big and it's, it's inspiring. And it's seemingly, which I know it hasn't come out of nowhere, but seemingly you've just arrived at this brilliantly talented young gentleman who just had us laughing and entertained, but you've turned that laughter and entertainment into a way of like um, visualizing a dream, making making an actuality and feasible and viable for the average black person that had an idea. Like what, what, what gave you the balls sir, to think that you could do that and get to the levels that you're at? Yeah, I think when it came, when it comes to comedy, that was probably the one thing that I was I was in control of that I was good at, and it was one thing that I would I was always learning every show I do or what I'm writing. I was always learning on the job, and I was learning very quickly. And I was kind of like going into spaces that you know, on the outside, it looks quite intimidating. You got all these young people, and you got to do you got to make them laugh. You got to make your peers laugh. Um, and it kept me on my toes a lot of the time as well. So I think when it came to TV. I felt like I took to it to like a duck to water because it's like I have had much harsher environments to try to entertain people in. So this doesn't feel too bad. And then now I'm in this space of TV. It's almost, um, if I'm completely honest, it's, it's I'm still learning. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to bring the best version of myself to TV. Someone said to me recently, what, what struggles have you faced? And I'm like just trying to be myself on TV. Yeah. Like that's the, the hardest struggle I've faced because... Some people are like, you a character? Are you always like that? Or like, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, this is me. That's TV me, you know? This is this is what I want. This is what I would want to watch on TV. I mean, you've definitely tapped into what we want to see 
Mm. And there's not enough of what we want to see. And I guess what we want to see can't please everybody. Because everyone's mm. like, yeah, I want to see black representation. I want to see LGBTQ representation. I, everyone wants their identity represented on screen or for their entertainment. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting when you're saying that it's like the, the hardest thing is being yourself. Because mm. a lot of us have to try to feel like we have to code switch, maybe dilute ourselves down. But the fact that you bring our culture to the forefront unapologetically to us it seems easy and it's like how what are some of the kind of restrictions that you face or any barriers that you faced and push back into i want to bring me and people might be like oh could you tone that have you had that tone that yeah, down to be honest i haven't i've never really had much pushback because okay. when i got into this space you know the first show i ever done was a big nasty show which mm-hmm. was like that was like us being 100 percent ourselves. when you go from doing that show and then you do your own show you, there's no way that I can. You like you've seen me mess around with with Nasty and chase each other around the studio. So yeah. then to not see me like in a space where you're like, oh, like bro, like what's going on, bro? Like I thought you like your show. You're a bit like you're a bit serious in that and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess like I was quite fortunate to to start in my journey of TV on a show that was me and Nasty. You know, it was a late night show. And it was, yeah, it was just us, like, 100% being ourselves. Were you a fan of Nasty before you got together? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a massive fan of Nasty, yeah. We never um, met each other, though. We didn't know each other. Oh. So, um, we really met is when we started doing some of the writing days, and we just clicked. Like, we're from the same kind of background, like, from yeah. similar areas. And, yeah, we just kind of clicked. So that by the time we started doing the show, doing, like, TV together... We just got on and it was just being like silly with each other and like taking a mick out of each other. We always had a rule that we don't we don't disrespect our mums. And yeah, other than that, it was that like open season, if I'm completely honest. Um, and that was really in series series one. And people loved it because people were like, that's like me and my friend. That's what we do. Yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. nice to have guests on because guests would come on and be like, I don't really know what's going on. And we're like, cool. Yeah. Even like, you know, sometimes it, it, you do need a guest to kind of like, be like, oh my God, they've got this guest on, so I'm going to watch it. Where yeah. I feel like people were just kind of tuning in for this Me and Nasty in that first series, just to be like, this is crazy. And the dynamic, people didn't understand. It was like, Rob, you're asking the questions. and But we started to realise that, like, Nasty is funny when he's being 100% himself. And he just... Yeah. I'll never forget, we had Tandy Newton on the show. And we do our research chats and we're writing bits in the segment. We had loads of things to talk about. You know, she's in, um, I think she's in, is it Westworld? I think she's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we had some stuff to talk about that. Obviously, she was in the film with Tupac. Like, I'm like, oh, hello, Tandy. Thanks for doing the show. Nasty, out of nowhere. So what, like, what was Tupac like? <laughs> so obviously, the person who has ever done also cute, I've just seen it spin up and go straight to, like, part three where we was going to do that chat. Yeah, that, that's what you need. Do you know what I mean? You need someone who's keeping you on your toes, is going to go straight into questions, sometimes ask things that only he could ask or, you know, like yeah. had great moments where he just speaks his, his mind at times. Do you know what I mean? There are times where it does go nuts and that's where I can come in and be like, all right, guys, let's just, let's, let's just calm down. Let's everyone just relax and let's, we need to ask him about this. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we're like a perfect yin and yang. I've been to one of your shows and it was one of the ones where Nasty was on full Nasty. And I was, even me, knowing the dynamics of how a show is put together, I was a bit like, whoa, I feel awkward. But you <laughs> manage the thing and you manage to steer it. And it says there's that mad tension sometimes. But as you said, it's like natural friendship and banter. And then it goes a bit left and you bring it back. But that's mm-hmm. testament to your skill which is obviously why it jumped off so you get in the latest show because you're able to take the piss have fun go nuts but yeah the professionalism in you is just their key 
So you're the consummate host, that's what I'm saying. So you got that show, you got the latest show. What's been your most surrealist moment in up and from start out to nasty to getting your own show? Where have you been and been just like, no, no, I'm really, I've got a whole show, my own show in a landscape where there's no black people hosting shows like that. I think definitely like when I had that first show and I walked out and we had planned it for so long and I was like, I'm here now, it's finally happening. I've got these guests on. At a time where I was still building my show and I was still growing. And I don't know, I look back at that time a lot because I was like, wow, like I was really still finding my feet. And Channel 4 backed me and said like, no, I'm going to give you a show like with these guests and you know, we were still finding ways to improve it and what we could change. And um, yeah, that moment, I'll never forget when I walked out and I delivered my first line to camera. I look back at it and I look like a deer in headlights. You could tell there's probably at least five seconds where you can be like, hi, everyone. And then after that, I just had to ease in. I, had, I really, I think what I really appreciated is that I had like an audience who felt like they were with me on that journey and they just wanted me to do well. Do you know what I mean? I never felt like anyone in the room was like, God, can you do it? Like, it felt like everyone was like, bro, we're reading the lines with you. We've got you in it. And that that really meant a lot. And having, you know, we had about close to six, 700 people when we done that first series because we had the audience that would be behind us. And um, yeah, it just felt like there was a lot of goodwill. And I think that's probably like those pin- that pinch me moment. I was like, I have my own show. I had billboards and stuff like that. It was It was so crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. I don't want to be like I'm gassing you all the time. I need to cuss you somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Go Shut back up. to the late thing. The late thing. That's... You know, like you're rubbish. You only just started. What do you know? <laughs> it's that because, like I said, I think when we were at the RTS and I said to you that just someone was like, nah, Mo really is looking out for us in a way. And obviously, you can't be all things to everyone and help everyone and please everyone. And especially when you're black in this position, when you get put on your cousin, your third brother removed steps like your bro yeah we're late yeah, come yeah, help yeah, me yeah. out do you feel pressure and then how do you feel those kind of requests and demands on your success because it's that yeah no 100 percent. yeah i'd be lying if i said there wasn't pressure i know the position that i'm in and sometimes the weight that i carry and i think early on you know having a show and you have netflix and all these other things there is like a pressure to be like, I've got to make, I've got to succeed now. Do you know what I mean? Like they've trusted me and everyone's championing me on. It's almost like being in the race and everyone you know is coming at the trials and you're like, everyone's here, innit? Bought their tickets. I've got to run a good race at least. But yeah, man. And of of course, you know, when I am in this position and where I've come from, a lot of people from my journey, you know, I'm always going to get people that be like, oh, I'm I'm doing this. Can you help me with that? Or, you know, like, I want to start into this. Can you give me advice for this? And um, yeah, when I can, I would always try and lend advice as well. But um, also being cautious because my what works for me, I know won't also work for everyone. So I don't want to send people down the wrong path. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, do do YouTube, do Instagram, it will bang. And then you'll it might it might not even happen like that for some people. So I also have to be quite cautious and just say to people, look, whatever you're doing now, just keep at it. Cause that was that was what all I could do. All I was doing was stand up and doing some Instagram sketches. And I just used to do it for the love. I just enjoyed it. And I always thought, look, I'm really good at this. Something might happen one day. If it doesn't, I'll be fine with that because I really enjoy doing it. Wait, wait, wait. If you if it didn't happen for you, be fine. What would you have done if this what would you be? What no, I still be I still do stand up. I love doing stand up. 
you know. Um, yeah, I love doing stand-up comedy. Like, if I'd done stand-up and I was still relatively unknown, but every Friday and Saturday night I could make people laugh and go up and down the country and still get paid. Yeah, I'd still love it. Even when I worked in retail, you know, I, I know I always take the piss out of it, like, when I, when I do a lot of um, my stand-up and stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, man, you know, like, that was always... My retail was... That was my job. Uh, but stand-up was my career. That was the thing where I was able to be like, cool, I'll do this long shift, but just know later on, that's when I get to have be be me, do you know what I mean, and do stand up and stuff. And um, you know, I often say if it all went tomorrow and it, you just gave me that to work with, then I'd be like, cool, I'd, I'd be happy as Larry because I was always happy still doing that. Do you know what I mean? I think now it just it just got magnified. That's all it was, you know. I, I hear. Um, you just you try to just be like those Instagram sketches. I know you weren't being like that. Like <laughs> Instagram sketches, but those Instagram sketches. Yeah. Do you people watch? Do you do, do, do you know what? People, your... people think I do. People think I do that. People were like, I go to parties and stuff. People are like, oh, probably gonna be in your sketch tomorrow, aren't I? I'm no, like, they just they just begging it. They just begging <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, nah, man. Like I'm not just sitting there at the corner, like watching everyone. I come from a, a background of performing arts. Okay, I, yeah. I came from that first and comedy second. So yeah, there is a part of me that comes from that that background that I can, you know, look at character traits and try them on screen, whether it's like 15 seconds, but it's really just taking a little bit of that and just trying to put it in like 10 seconds or for But not, but it's not that, not everyone can, it's the isms, like what's, I don't I can't remember his name that you're giving him, the, the white boy folk singer. I went to school in Wimbledon. And yeah. so all my, my schooling upbringing is very middle-class, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Work, middle every single school I went to was in Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that, that guy. Yeah, Jack. Man, like Jack. Hi, what's going yeah, on? My name's Jack. Hi, man. Um, it's a new song, man, by the Wet Sox. <laughs> exactly. And it's just those bits. It's those isms. Not everyone can do that. So that's why people would be like, Are you peach watching? Would you catch the isms and essences of people in a way? I don't know. I, I don't know how you, what you put that to, but not everyone can do it. Yeah. No, I think I, I always just do it and just put it out there and whatever people you know if they're like oh wow that's really oh man that's really like my friends then I'm like oh cool I just just try and the best version of that character I, I, I can do really but I'll be honest when I do some of those sketches I, I do get into it and if you see the amount of times I burst out laughing by the time I've actually done it it's actually like semi-decent where I'm like I got which is why half of the sketches I do I end up first out laughing and I'm I love laughing. that and yeah, so like, I'll try and do, I'll shoot nine of them, not to laugh, but the first one I've done is the one that I've done clean and it's me busting up. So I'm like, let's put it out. Like, it's the cleanest one. The other ones, are sometimes I'm like, eh, it's good, but my angle's like this and doesn't really yeah, 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 play yeah, the yeah. guitar. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, one, they know I'm not playing the guitar, innit? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. Oh, I, love, I actually love, when you, you so I love when you, I love it when you break out into laughter because it's like, you, that is what I think makes you so relatable and kind of accessible because it's like, you're not taking yourself too seriously. You mm. never seem to be taking yourself too seriously, which I think is a great strength within this industry because it can really get to you. But how do you, um, how do you relax? How do you like, because I can imagine also people like, be funny, not with those words, but it's like, expect mm. the life and soul of the party every time. Yeah, I don't know. I think when I'm, like recently, I've, I've got into gardening, you know. Like, okay. Yeah, and I swear to you, I got into gardening. I got a lawnmower. I've always wanted a lawnmower because we grew up in a flat and I always wanted a lawnmower. So the minute I got a garden, I was like, right. I remember I went B&Q 
I'm looking at the lawnmowers, you know, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know nothing about lawnmowers. I know absolutely nothing. And I got, um, what, what lawnmower did I get? I got a petrol joint. And yeah, man. So I've been kind of weirdly getting into gardening. And it's, and it's weird that I've got into gardening because my dad is a Rastafarian and he plants a lot of his own food and stuff, you know, tomatoes and cucumbers and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm basically becoming my dad is what I'm saying, really. So I try to do a lot of those things that when I'm chilling out. DIY, I've been getting into DIY so much. Oh, my gosh. Like, I've really been getting, I've been putting up, I built, like, I said, I built a fence. I've redone my fence because that some of the slats have come off. Yeah. So I've gone to B&Q and I'm like, rah, need some slats. So I bought slats, some screws. I read on my fence, you know, and I'm, I don't think you realise, I am so proud when I do these things, you know, and everyone must see it. I'm like, yo, check out this in the garden. What's going on? You're in your 30s. You don't need to be talking like granddad now. No, no, no. This is like, the way to vibe. Was... Can't be, can't be in the streets, man. I can't be out in the streets. I'm trying to do gardening and stuff like this, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I got a jet washer. One of the best days of my life recently. Carter jet, <laughs> jet washer, the K5, are you all right? Oh my gosh, sensational settings. I can't even relate, but I understand. Um, what I was going to say, yeah, you talked about, you talked about that being a Rastafarian and obviously that's instilled a lot in you. Mm-hmm. But what are the things that, what are the things that your parents put in you that you feel like carries into today, who you are today? Like what? Yeah, are your- you know, my, my mum is someone I'd always say I get my comedy from because my mum, she doesn't really take herself too seriously. So like growing up, my mum is a very funny woman. So I think that's always helped me in terms of comedy of just like, that's why I'm able to laugh at myself. My dad is incredibly smart. And I think when I am in this space, although I do comedy when I'm, you know, we're trying to create shows and formats and stuff, it's really about speaking up. You know, that's one thing I probably get from my dad is that smartness, intelligence to be like, if you're not happy with something, say it's okay to say no. Do you know what I mean? But not saying no and like, what do you think of this idea? No, it's dead. I just say, oh, do you know, I just don't think that will work for what we're trying to do for the show. It's not, it's a bad idea. It's just not good for this. So, um, yeah, I think they're the, the yin and yang of like what I've got from my parents. And especially in that creative space, it's probably harder than when you're on screen because you're sitting there trying to make something happen and you have like teams of people and it is holding your own. You know, my dad's a Rasta man. He's always very passionate in a lot of his beliefs and what he stands for and what he's against. And um, yeah, I, I'd be doing him a disjustice if I didn't speak up sometimes in the room if mm. I didn't think something was right or something. I just feel like, no, nah, I don't really feel we should. That's not really what we want to have on TV. You know, it's hard when you're in, in the room because I'm still relatively new. Sometimes mm. you're like, oh, can I say something? Because you don't want to get that like... It's a bit difficult. Can't really come in. Doesn't really contribute. So yeah, man, I have to be very like stand up for myself in certain yeah. things. Like, no, nah, guys, we should try this. I don't think that's going to work, or maybe not that. It's you know, yeah. So yeah, I think that's probably what I get from 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 my parents. Fair. We've got like six minutes, and I've got about twenty four things to ask you. Yes, yeah, fire away. Yeah. Let me. I'll give you some. Short Black British and funny. I appreciate you because again, oh, just, 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 I guess let's just be best friends because obviously I think you're amazing. <laughs> Um, that was wicked because you brought out some people that I grew up at a time. I'm a hundred years older than you. So those comedians that are overlooked and didn't have the successes of the new wave of um, comedians, that was really important. In a nutshell, why was that important to you to bring that to the screen? It's important because I think people look at me sometimes of like, cool, what what are you going to do next? I've always wanted to really highlight the black comedy circuit and what it kind of gave me. And the people that came before me, as well, there's a lot of people that came before me that yeah. didn't get opportunities that I get. 
And I don't know, I think sometimes I always felt like my wins were their wins as well. And same with it with, with like a new audience, you know, there's this new young generation who are different and they have their own paths that, yeah. that they're doing and got their own audiences. And it was trying to also bring them together. But most importantly, it was having a reference point. It was having someone who's studying something at university, at college, and says, where do I start? Because all yeah. I know is Mo Gilligan, or, you know, I don't know much. And I'm like, this is your thing. I was like, look, if, if that's what I ever do, then I'll be happy with that. Do you know what I mean? But it was really important that we had some kind of reference point for Black British comedy and what it, it gives still to this day to entertainment. I don't think people realise how, you know, Black British comedy gives a lot. You know, meme culture and music and... You know, like you look at Instagram videos and stuff. There's a lot of people that even came before me that are pioneers in it. And it was really important that we could sit down and highlight them. And, you know, so I, we done it on a shoestring budget and I work with some amazing people. But that was just purely is just like a passion project for me. Yeah. No, I it was, it was, appreciate that. And everything you said about it being an archive, a documented piece, history, it's definitely important. Um Big Breakfast. I mean, when I watched it, I was like mm. this, because again, 100 years old, I grew up watching it. Was it. The only thing that was missing was Zig and Zag. Please get a version of Zig and Zag <laughs> in your group and on the team. But that was amazing. You and AJ, the synergy, the chemistry was very, very Chris Evans, Denise Van Outen, just took the legacy, moved it forward. Wicked. Congratulations. I don't like this four-part business, you know. I will tell them. Bring it yes. back. Do you know what? I think the reason why, because a lot of people are like, why is it four parts? But me and AJ are so busy like AJ is probably just busy as busier than me if anything um and then we also wanted to make sure that like you know bringing it back we, we still have enough time to make sure we can because yes we're bringing it back you know we definitely are going to try and learn from what we've done last year but also um yeah we want to kind of ease it in a little bit you yeah, know yeah. I think it went like full gun homes like it's coming back it's going to be on every single week I think times have changed in terms of how people are consuming like their news and their breakfast TV as, as well. Do you know what I mean? So you want to have it as something that people look forward to as opposed to something that feels like it's the norm on your TV. Yeah, and I think AJ is the best person to work with. Like she's, I don't think we realise how much fun we had off camera. Like it was just vibes. And then they were like, guys, we've got to record. I'm like, oh, sorry. All right, cool. Let's let's go. But she's, she's amazing, man. She smashed it in Strictly as well. And yeah, when it came to live TV, I had not done a lot of live TV. So she had done a lot when she was on uh, things like T4 and stuff back in the day. So um, yeah, I couldn't have worked for, with, sorry, I couldn't have worked with, with a better person, if I'm completely honest. No, it's wicked. We're excited. I'm, I'm, congratulations. This is just a singing the praises for Mo. I should just <laughs> What's back? What's your, okay, I've got two minutes. I've got other things, but I'm going to have to leave it and we'll talk yeah. again, obviously. Mm. Um, got two minutes left. What's your bad trait? What's a bad trait about you? What can I can go around and cuss you about? Um, I'll be honest, you know what it is? I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes okay. to this process of making TV and stuff. And I think that comes down to me being a stand-up. Like, I want to say control freak. It's like, cool, like, what do the angles look like? We need people here. It's, it needs to look like this. And, I've, and sometimes it stresses me out. And I sit there and I'm like, mm. because I'm always trying to find ways to make it better. And also, I think I'd yeah. rather put the stress and the control on myself that if it goes wrong, it's like, well, cool, that will fall on my, on, on myself, innit? And I'm, I think that comes from stand-up, of like writing material. If it doesn't get, if it's not funny, it's me that they don't laugh at. And I'm fine with that. Whereas someone wrote me some materials, like, we're going to write you this joke. And I'm like... Big man, it wasn't funny, bro. Why did you write the joke for me? <laughs> like, 
And uh, yeah, so I'd rather like if it all falls down, it, it, I'd rather it happen on on, on my shoulders. Yeah, so I I am a bit of a control freak in that sense, in in a creative way. Yeah. My mum said he's mm. a lovely guy, but can he trim his beard a bit? No, I can't. I don't <laughs> think you realise how long it took to get here, and I am going to enjoy the fruits of my labour. This took a long time to get here, and you know what it is. Sometimes I do trim it, but at the same time, it's like, no, nah, I can't. I just can't even trim it, you know. I just can't. Like, yeah, I can't. I like it fluffy as well. Do you know? I'm, what I mean? tell my I'm telling my mum of you. You know what? My my <laughs> mum says the same. That's the maddest thing. My mum's like, listen, man, what are you doing with this 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 lumberjack beard? I'm like, mum, how long? Do you know? I don't think people realize I was in the trenches with the patches. I don't think we'll realize the the desert patches that was going on in my face. So now- This is the perfect time for this to cut off, this, this sub story yeah, about what patchy And now it's wild. Now it's just fluffy Rick Ross vibes. Oh, just right. stay scheming. Run that right now, Selector. Yes, bro. Um, thank you so much. It's going to cut off any minute, but thank you, Mo. Love you, love you, love you. you. You're amazing. Well done. Congratulations. Can't wait for the new series of the latest yeah. show. Yes, man. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for your time as well.